Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. Today we have Yael joining us. Yael is a hybrid human with a specific mission to help humanity during this time of transition and upgrade. As an ambassador of hybrid technologies and a living portal to other dimensions, Yael innately balances and harmonizes space returning to a state of neutrality. Operating with integrated crystalline DNA in a highly plasmic state, she channels access to other dimensions in real time. She embodies an extensive knowledge of sacred geometry, balance, and harmony, and is experienced in reading and recalibrating the energy of portals back to their highest integrity. Yael uses technological understanding of the non-physical to activate and imprint the earth grids and the waters to return to their original state of neutrality. Blessings. Welcome to Flow Space. I'm Deandra. This is Jerrica. Hello. Nice to meet you, Yael. How are you all doing today? Pretty good, Yael. How about you? Great. Great. Can you share with our audience um, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So why don't I start off just to give a sense of who I am. My name is Yael, and uh, I'm an embodied portal and an intuitive guide and a water technologist. So what does that mean? Um, I, I know that everyone always talks about being a channel. So what uh, an embodied portal is, is that basically I facilitate access to all dimensions in real time. So all of your crystal in nature, your key codes, everything you, when I'm working with clients, there is that access in real time to be able to remember, be aware, activate, integrate everything of what you were before you dove into this physical body. I do that specifically. I use water technologies, geometric patternings to neutralize spaces so that that can occur. So I think that's just a little bit, and we can go off from there, but that's a good segue into what it is that I do and what I'm here for. And I've, we can talk about the hybrid piece. Happy to do any of that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's such an intriguing introduction, you know? um, So I want to start off by asking what is a hybrid human? Like how Mm. would you define that? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, So I am in, I've been on this planet for 50 linear years It's the first time that I have been on this planet. So I was part of one of the first couple waves of hybrid human projects. And basically in terms of the energy that I came from, there was no specific planetary connections that I came from. I came from basically a quote unquote ship energy, which means that it's, we have a ship mother. And I tried to explain these in terms of sort of family structures that are known here on this planet, but we have a a ship mother of a lot of us that are basically energy beings. And how we are in this physical body is that there's a project to take future human DNA 
and the energetic DNA that I and all of us have had in our galactic lives. And that allows us to be present in this physical body because of that future human DNA in a, in a easy way to understand it, I think. Yeah. That's so fascinating. It really is. And it it arises, like I arrived to so many questions just from the curiosity standpoint, like how did you remember all of this information? Hmm. There was no, and I know there's the, when did you awaken question? There was no awakening for me because I've always known there's always, I remember being dropped off here. So from when I was on this planet, because I remember that dropping off experience, there's always for me been, I'm not from here. This is, I am here for a very specific purpose and waiting this linear time to do it because there has been, from when I first got came here, which was in the 70s on this timeline, there's been a lot of work that's had to be done in order to many more hybrid communities have come onto the planet, as we know. Sometimes, you know, we have heard of lavender children, star children, rain, but there's all sorts of names, um, not necessarily hybrids, but uh, have specific purposes. And that's, we've been preparing this space so that when those higher frequency energies, because you can only, because we've got this dense body, it vibrates at a certain frequency. And in order to bring higher frequency energy forms and to be able to have them settle into this physical density, there has to be some sort of bridge for that to happen. Because our physical density, everything around us moves very slowly, right? That's why there's this karmic cycle that people are connected into. There's hybrids are not connected into any karmic cycles. We could care less. There's nothing like we don't get involved in any of that karmic work that happens. We're here to sort of support bringing humanity into a place where there is not as much uh, holding on to that karma so that there's a bit more space for really remembering what it is that we are, our crystalline structure, that DNA, um, everything that our key codes in our energetic blueprint, because we often get so stuck in the weightiness and the, the frequency of these bodies that we're now going through this huge transition. And it's hard for bodies. That's exactly why there is so much trauma work happening now, because there's a space where the nervous system and the bodies are trying to be able to process this frequency of energy in order to be able to work with light, but your light body and integrate it because we're not leaving this body, but we need to know how to integrate it. So that's sort of why things are so much like this in the world and in our frequencies, in our physical health, everything is trying to find a way to come into neutrality and equilibrium. Wow. That's yeah. really incredible. It, it reminds me of, of um, the concept of water. So I'm really curious to see how water plays a role in your work mm-hmm. due to the fluidity that you speak of and regaining that balance with the flow that exists yeah. like within water. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because there are the 
the galactic waters, uh, obviously these physical bodies walked out of the ocean. There's no question. We don't even have a question of that in science when we look at this planet. We walked out from the ocean. Our, the plasma in our body is the closest to ocean water. So we're basically, so I wanna actually move that forward when we look at the actual plasma in our body. All the concentration is almost identical to seawater in certain areas. Obviously there's been toxicity and contamination, but it's closest to that. So when we are moving, when we know that the plasma running through our bodies is closest to water, when we circle out of these bodies, and move into other plasmic states, which is I think one of the easiest ways to understand it is that where we become plasmic. And so a lot of the work that I do with people is moving them into this plasmic state because that's how you're able to reconnect with your DNA that is, and I call it crystalline, but it's the DNA that we've been working with for all of your lives prior to coming into these bodies. So we are able to remember why we're here. So bringing into that plasmic state is the same thing. So if I go into water, I am immediately brought into that plasmic state. That's what water allows us to do. It allows us, because the state of water changes so rapidly, when the bonds of water, when the chemical bonds of water happen, those bonds are constantly like within trillions of a millisecond breaking and reforming, breaking and reforming. So it allows these opportunities for us and humanity to be able to continually make new connections. So we're not stuck in that same cycle. And that's what water one of the things that water allows us to, its state, water has many different states, right? That's, that's, there's no other element that has that many states or this many anomalies. I mean, it has 72 different anomalies in comparison to every other element. Why? Because it holds all of our origins. It holds in its geometric structure, it holds all of that information. It holds past, present, future, dimensional, Akashic, everything within that structure. So, I mean, just working with it, just having it here, we can use this as, and I'm just pointing to the glass, use this as tools that were sort of quote unquote, inserting that new information into our own matrix, into our own blueprint through this, through the spring water, through all of, and the water itself goes through so many different transitions when it comes up from under the earth up into the spring that we see. It's gone through so much transition and transformation that we can really use those qualities of what it goes through to help us flow a little bit more easily through this human life. I'm literally speechless. <laughs> That because you're speaking to something like I feel like such a like a yes inside of me, but it's mind blowing hearing, you know. It's really, but I feel the resonance is so profound that it's such a duh. A hearing you speak mm -hmm. like, of course, that this yes. is the way that you know is meant to be, and because of just on a basic science level of the amount of water that is living within us. 
like we're mainly water inside these alive fluid beings so bringing that concept into how we live our life makes a lot of sense into how that can help us live a more balanced and unified life so speaking to the karmic cycles and how utilizing this element um, can support breaking free from these karmic cycles Mm -hmm. what does that look like on a more like tangible level Mm, yeah, yeah great Great question. I mean, what does the what does the physical body go through to change? What does the energetic, what does the emotional and mental body go through? I mean, the thing is that, that uh, and we often I think we're in a phase where people just want to go into the fifth and seventh and ninth and thirteenth dimensions. And it really the it really is about how do we how do we integrate it? Just the question that you're asking, like how does that feel? How does that look? What is the experience like? And I'm actually gonna sort of throw it back for a moment uh, in how has your old experience with, and I'm just gonna use the word awakening. It's a well-used word, but you know, how does that sort of breaking open, how has that been for you two? (laughs) It's been for, I could say for myself, it's been such like an up and down, um, really breaking free of everything that I thought I knew or believed in, opening my heart space, um, doing things from that heart space, feeling into decisions as opposed to using the logical mind. Um, but of course, there's so many fears to work through in that things that try that, that are really deeply programmed within myself that I have to call it out and keep working through because for as long as I've been programmed with these things, um, I'm really attached to some of these beliefs. And I feel like my awakening is really that like it's um, such a path of integration and repetition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I um, resonate with all of that you said, because um, it's showed itself in my reality pretty similarly um, through my own programmings and fears that I had to move through, although they may differ. Um, but the root of the fact that is something rooted in separation exists within and what that looks like in my life or what it has looked like has been through raising my self-awareness as to the choices I make. Why do I make them? Um, Are they coming from like a default setting within me um, that stems from maybe lifetimes in the past, generational um, trauma or past lives um, and how they show up in my everyday life now through just increasing self-awareness through meditation, um, through... Uh, following the curiosities that present themselves that are kind of leading and guiding the way mm-hmm. um, and um, falling deeper into trust into the path that may not always be clear. Uh, I'm trying to get it down to like a very practical, like this is what it looks like, but this mm-hmm. is it, you know? And that is the exact answer because how does that look in the, the practical way? We don't know that until we're past the point because we can then see what it looks like and it has already happened at that point yeah so we often want like people like what is a session going to be like what what will it be like and 
the best answer that I can give for this is that there is a responsiveness. There's a presence and a responsiveness that allows for anything that is in the moment. Because if we're looking ahead to what it could look like, we've already attached ourselves to that. And so it allows us to not be as present. So the the just the trusting and the jumping into this moment is exactly what this is. It actually and it actually does not take any work at all. And I'm going to turn that back around because when you're in the moment, there's no work happening at all. You're in complete neutrality when you are in the moment. Every time we try to get into a present moment, we're working. It's the non-work. <laughs> and so there is no work. And that's the answer. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. And D'Angelo's laughing. It's just so hilarious to me. <laughs> because right before we started recording, I had shared with her a dream I had last night. And moments prior. Yeah. Um, the dream, it was this lady um, who was going to be on our podcast. We were sharing an herbal tea with her. And it was made out of like very bright, colorful flowers. And um, usually before we record, we like to set an intention and drop into the flow. So in my dream, Deandra was doing that. And the lady um, was like, why are you doing that? And then Deandra was explaining, oh, we like to speak from a flow space. Like we like to let the intuition guide the conversation. And the lady was explaining, like, when you do that, there's sort of a separation, like you're putting like what you just said, like you're doing the work. And that takes you away from that space of actually being. So it's such an affirmation to hear you say that right after I just shared that dream with her. And I said, I felt like that was such a powerful message in the dream. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to quickly share it with her before we started. (laughs) So I'm really grateful that you shared that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and that's, you can feel the heart right now. That's this energy is the moment. Yes. It's this has shifted the framework and the dream work and the space. Mm -hmm. It's happened. We didn't have to do any work. All we did was show up. All three of us. And that's such a powerful thing to really realize and understand because I feel that as humans during this human experience, we tend to overcomplicate things so much and we're constantly seeking and just really what I call like doing the most. And Mm -hmm. it's so simple. Like we just witnessed, it's really just showing up and like Deandra mentioned the trusting and just surrendering Mm -hmm. to this experience. Yeah. And that's like, that is water. Water does not think ahead that there's a rock that's coming into it. And I have to prepare as to how I'm going to do it. It meets it. And then it feels it and it moves with it. And it's not ahead into there's a waterfall that I'm going to drop into. What's going to, it doesn't ever move into the next. It is, it meets everything. It just meets it every moment. It meets it every moment. It meets it every moment. And that's what transforms it. And it doesn't even know it's being transformed by it because it's in it, which is why it's so hard to put words to these things. Because then 
it boxes it in, which is why I, I always say we don't need any more movements of anything. We don't need any more of this movement or that movement. Like, we don't. We just need to meet. Just need to meet it. Meet each other. Meet there. And absolutely, what's things are going to come up. I just had an experience. My partner's got two friends that are here for the the weekend and I met up with things that weren't meeting them. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not present. And the things that are coming in, me being around them is coming up and how am I meeting that? And how am I then dropping in? So that's the, and that's the same thing that everything in the water experiences. We're not not experiencing everything. This isn't to like get away from experiencing anything. We're not meant to do that. We're meant to do this. And this is the space of breath. This is the breathing. This is every animal that moves within. We're, we're meant to feel the edges because that's why we came into this body. We wouldn't, we don't, as energetic beings, we don't feel density. We don't feel edges. Everything feels unlimited. The unified consciousness, the oneness. When people do plant medicines, which is so big right now, you want to feel that oneness. But here is where we meet our edges. And that's this breath of moving in and out and collapsing and expanding. So there's, we don't want to not have challenges. That allows this to grow so that it can really house our full energetic being. Because right now, there's spots in me that can't house my full energetic being, possibly, because it's been going back to like there's been the programming, which is why your right shoulder looks different than your right shoulder. There's a specific density that has molded around that. And so when we start to allow this collapsing, expanding, the physical body and the density actually changes, shape-shifting. Wow. I love it. Yes, I'm receiving so much, like, it's just like little light bulbs going off, you know, internally. Um, but to speak to shape-shifting, because I know a lot of people use that word, like, very differently. So can you elaborate a little bit further? Because I always hear shape-shifting, like when it comes to reptilian shape-shifting and things like that. Mm -hmm. But like in terms of like the body, our own body and shape-shifting within. Mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be a wonderful tool when you understand that and there's a hesitancy right now in the space to go there. So I, what I want to do actually is just let's, I think, drop in to, let's just drop in. So you could close your eyes, whoever's listening to this, watching it, whatever. Close your eyes, feel comfortable, great. If not, I want to drop in to, because there's a bit of a fear, I think, that's coming in around this shape-shifting almost as if someone else is doing it to humanity. Um, so I'd love if we can just, as we're dropping into this open space, we're also feeling any of that uncomfortableness, anything that's around it that may not feel 
in alignment right now. Let that be there. We're not trying to push it away. And now I want us to sort of bring our focus and attention to there's the beings that are coming in to allow us to soften into this knowing. This is the message that's very clear for them is that understanding the agreements that have been placed and that we have agreed to. And I think there's some in the, some pieces in our hearts that haven't yet embraced the agreements come into contact with these agreements that we've made. It's almost as if we pushed away our responsibility in humanity that we have come forward with these beings to make this agreement to allow us to have this capacity to shift our DNA, to shift this physical density in order to really step into and remember the divinity, the oneness, the capacity. So really feel into what that, what we have learned is a fear that is truly an excitement. The vibrational path of fear and excitement are the same. The nervous system understands those as the same. And so we're gonna turn around that feeling and that vibration. So we're feeling it as an, a vibration, a very quick frequency vibration that's sitting along the inside of the forearms and the chest and the heart, and even into the throat and into the jaw. And we're gonna feel that vibration. Feel the dryness in the mouth, feel what's happening in the stomach, feel that vibration. And now it starts to settle. And we still feel the vibration and the power in the hands because now it's shifting. Our nervous system is starting to shift the label that we've put on it as fear. It's a vibration and a frequency. That's all it is. It's a vibration and a frequency. And when we drop down into how it vibrates and how that vibration feels within our physical structure, we turn it into a neutral power. And now we're able to use this vibration to start to pull off some of those pieces that have been very heavy and weighted and there is a lot there. So we're going to be gentle with it. We're going to be really gentle with how we start to hold these places within that have that heaviness. And we're really going to hold them. We're going to hold them with this capacity and this frequency in our hands. And only when it's ready can we place it back into the arms of these beings who are ready and willing 
to transmute this energy. They're there sitting, waiting for it and more than willing to transmute that energy because what it's going to allow is a clarity that's going to come through from them to us. And now notice the colors, notice the vibrations, notice the feelings that are surrounding the entire body. And notice the pace. And notice what arises up to meet that pace, the foundation that's truly there, that's holding you. And you're gonna bring your breath into this. And you're gonna start to feel the physical body and find a fullness of expanding into the physical body from the inside out. So letting it be shaped by this experience. Allow the internal experience to shape the vessel. And the breath solidifies it. And as you're ready, you can allow the eyes to open and start to come back into the space as you're ready. <laughs> Very grateful for that experience. That was amazing. You're really it. I love it. So that's how we can shape shift. That was really amazing. Wow. It's yeah. And if there's anything you want to share about the experience and also sometimes these things take time to integrate, but if there's anything you want to share about it, feel free. Yeah, absolutely. I feel um, when you had started and like called out like that fear Ooh. inside um, what came to mind, like, I just kept hearing, like, a separation, a fear in, in separation, and then I really, like, was just breathing through it, trying not to control, but I felt myself, like, okay, like, um, you know, just doing the things that I normally do, like, I'm safe, mm -hmm. and then um, I was, like, you know, why am I even saying this? I know I'm safe, like, deep within, and mm -hmm. I just allowed, like, the heart space to be fully open and to re be receptive, and then by the end, I really feel like my body moved, like the energy within like extended, like my body feels more full right now. Mm -hmm. um, and then I did, I saw like magenta and green colors, almost like in the shape of like an intertwining spiral. Mm -hmm. And I felt it from like my feet, like coming up my body, like outwards out through like the crown chakra. Um, yeah. It was it was such a calming and I did I felt my nervous system really like alchemizing the whole experience like from the faster heart rate till like such a calm soothing heart rate. Yeah, that's the power that you have. That's the power that everyone has. It doesn't. I'm merely this portal to be able to 
remember and access and integrate that experience. So that's the DNA. That's where the chakra points come into this crystal DNA vortex helix structure. The vortex is very important. That is how water moves when it is integrated and when it is substantial. And so that is exactly, that's the chakra system that you see right behind you. That's where it pulses from is that integration that you have. It's there. Yeah. And it's it's such an empowering experience, honestly, because like these are things that in my day to day I practice, like remembering that I hold the power. I have the ability to alchemize all of these emotions and craft the life that I want for myself during this experience. But, you know, life, there's so many things happening around us that we can become distracted. Mm -hmm. And it's such a nice remembrance and like that um, empowerment inside because to experience it, to witness it, to feel it, it just it's the heart space can is like cracked open beaming, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel that. I feel so tingly. (laughs) Like my whole arms, my chest area. I feel like I'm buzzing. Mm -hmm. so high off life and so um connected um like bridging gaps um yeah i think that's a great sort of analogy that you brought is that that bridging i think that's important to remember is that we're constantly creating these bridges into this vessel and that's important that we're making that connection because the separation is the one each on one side, but we're all oh, we're that's the opportunity. Like we're making these bridges. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. It's so beautiful the work that you're doing. I'm curious to know how, since you've never needed to remember, you've always been aware and conscious to who and what you are and your purpose here. Um, like if there was any kind of needing to move through anything to kind of really fully accept what you're here to do, as I find that many of us and many people who um, awaken, since you didn't need to go through that piece, um, sometimes struggle to um, accepting the self and answering the calling as to what their point and mission is here. So I wanted mm-hmm. to like get a little bit into like how you know, that evolved or if it needed to for you at all? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the being dropped off here was quite shocking. And I thought why when I saw it and when we came as a family down and I was just left here and all of a sudden seeing everyone else go was I was confused and I had no idea why they would leave me because you're in this family that everything is playful and you feel no separation. And so that was quite shocking, Um, especially during the, you know, time that I came on this planet. But one thing that helped is that the father, the father and the family that I had here was part of my ship family. So oh, he oh. really uh, helped me to move through be, uh, until I was 12 years old. And at 12, he left 
his physical body was crushed between two trucks. So it was quite traumatic. He left one night and I would always go with him everywhere. And this one night he said, I couldn't go. Hence, he was like, this was the, he was going back. But at that time, that was the time period where he helped me to acclimate as much as he could to this planet and to understanding how to be here, how to be in a body. Um, I spent most of my time from when I was like four years old in the water. I was a competitive swimmer. So I spent five to six hours a day in the water in order to like still stay with, I, I just, it's the only place that made sense to me. And I would at night, you know, I often still now, I often at three or 4 a.m. That's when there's, I transition back into this plane and bring forward all of that information that's come through because there's at least when I years ago there was a lot of information translation that had to occur for beings for because they're learning from us this is the other thing i think that may help in the in people not it being so dramatic the awakening process is that we feel like it's something that is not a relationship based it's it's again something that's sort of being done to us they are needing as much information because they don't know what it is like to be in this body it is not easy if you stuff all this energy like it's amazing that it looks like this because if you try <laughs> to stuff all this energy it's those weird memes that you see of aliens right those are the memes, like these weird things popping out. But why are they weird? You're trying to put all this energy in this tight little matrix of a cellular body. But <laughs> if we remember that we're creating, that we're this this awakening is for relationship to occur, so that we are able to both have the other beings understand what it's like and what we're learning as we are to understand and remember what it's like to be in our other dimensional energetic bodies. That's an important piece that we're not, we're not behind anything. We're not less than we're creating a, a symbiotic relationship, which is where I think so much has gone to how do we create new ecosystems? This meta Facebook thing, trying to create a new ecosystem, web three, trying to create new ecosystems. And so we're trying to create these ecosystems where we feel like cryptocurrencies, NFTs, they're all about creating balanced ecosystems. We talk about like the, the mycelium is so big. Why? Because we realize that the ecosystem is self-sustaining when you are all connected and you know what your place is. So when we're talking about awakening, it's about finding our place, which within everything, and we forget that we're within everything and supported. We feel like it's the it's the dark night of the soul. The dark night of the soul, when we have to go through the worst experience that we've ever had, when we have to, in other traditions, dig a hole and be in there for three days without food, without anything. We don't necessarily have to go through the dark nights of the soul to find our place within the ecosystems. 
We just need to see that there is ecosystems around us and that birth and death are no big deal. I mean, people around me always get so, I probably always get so irritated. I was like, they're dead. It's like, so what's the big deal? Like that person's dead. And people get so icky about like, but they are like things that I've done. Like I've seen one person the next day, they've been dead. I've seen them go out in a body bag. Like they're dead. This physical body is dead. And when we understand same thing happens with the ecosystems on our earth, there's nothing wrong with things dying because then it becomes food for something else, but it's a delicate balance. And when we feel that versus the dark night of the soul is very lonely. Those are oneness, but we're, we're remembering that we're not just one. We are one and we are everything and we're all. And that's the ecosystem, I think, that may help people not feel so resistant to this awakening process because it's not another process where we're being thrown into doing something ourselves and where our nervous system has to fall apart and where we have to climb back out of. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah, it really just affirms like that whole concept that the humans make things so overcomplicated and it doesn't have to be that way. Like everything doesn't have to be this dramatic experience. And I know that there are things that we experience here that are traumatic and then we work through them, but we don't have to make it more than what it is. And it's like if you go into this open and willing to receive you're going to be doing the process. Like you said, like, we don't have to be calling it out. Like, okay, now we're doing this. It's no, you're already doing it. Mm-hmm. So it brings ease to that kind of idea and the notion of the dark night of the soul and, and the awakening, the deaths and the rebirths. It's, it really brings such an ease to those concepts. Yeah. I feel like it's empowering um, instead of coming from like a victim mentality. So it's kind of like eliminating the like, why, like mm-hmm. why me kind of um, mm-hmm. perspective and really like thank God, you know, like thank you or gratitude mm-hmm. for the experience. And it kind of brings ease instead of creating like personal suffering that is really um, self-invoked. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the piece is that suffering piece is that the uh, beings that everything is surrounding us, they don't want suffering. This was not, we didn't make an agreement to suffer. That's the thing. This We didn't make this agreement to come on this planet to suffer. That's a misnomer and a paradigm that feels like we have to be involved with this physical structure because the physical structure has to sort of power through things, right? It in itself, when we build muscle, we have to literally break tissue apart. We have to break cells apart. But does it have to, what we just experienced was a shape-shifting of it. Do we have to do it so violently? And I think that's where the suffering comes in, is that we we're used to self-violence. And we're seeing it outside. And why are we continuing to, like, protest wars? Like, but the wars inside, the self-violence has been happening inside, so how do we now realize, oh yeah, that all this violence outside is just a representation of the self-violence that we've been putting these bodies through, that we've been putting the mind through. The mind has a particular purpose. Absolutely. We can't live without it. It's what creates what 
gets information from all of our senses and processes it. But does it have to be violent in that process? Because when a vortex happens, there is two phases of it. Everything tightens in and then everything spins out. So it's this sort of ecosystem, but it doesn't mean as it builds up and tightens that that tightening, in order to release the tightening, we don't have to punch it. We don't have to be violent with it. We can allow it to spin out in its natural way. So for example, rivers, they have fluid banks that have been created by their own movement. But you see when we put them in the pipes in all of these walls around us, we've shoved them into things that look like this shape. So we've misshapen a lot of things. So part of this awakening is re reshaping the geometry of these vessels. And we don't have to do that through breaking them apart. And I don't have to lift 325 pound barbells over my head and hold them for a minute. That's not how I have to go about reshaping it. I can go about reshaping the geometry of this vessel because it's been misshapen, right? That's the programming. That's the pieces where it looks like this. But when I open, like I, in my heart, like I know it's not like that. And so we're reshaping what has occurred in this vessel and the power that we have to do that is what these beings are like, wow, you can do that with something so dense because there's not density anywhere else besides this planet. And they want to see that and understand how that happens. And that's why we come into these to be able to reshape. And that's how we can, that's how, that's the movement we need. We need the reshaping vessels movement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's done like what we experienced here, what you guided us through, it was with such ease. It was so peaceful. It really wasn't painful or anything like that. And I would love to see that happen just because like I'm so passionate about the world sh like changing and us going back to like the gentle ways. I would love to see that happen on a collective level. Um, do you feel that, just like in your opinion, do you feel that we're moving towards that space where the collective will be shifting on a grander scale, like to this space of ease, less violence? Does your body feel like we're shifting towards that ease? I do. I believe it in my heart. <laughs> Same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how does that, how does your heart feel? How do I, you, how is that? It's like an excited feeling. You know, at one point, I would say like I had a fear in my heart that like, is it going to happen? It's not happening. Like, I want to see it happen. But now, like when I feel into that, it's such an excitement um, and like a peace surrounding my heart. Mm -hmm. And how do you move? If you were to allow this vessel to authentically, to organically move with that energy, what does that look like? And you don't have to say it or, you know, but how, if I'm moving this vessel from that place, how does that feel? What is that? That's a, that's a beautiful practice to start to get when that becomes 
a parent, use it because it wants to be used. Energy wants a purpose. Just like animals, they don't want to sleep all day. They want to have purpose on this planet. They want to know that they have a job. They want to know that they're meant to do something. So does energy. So where we're missing some of the pieces is that, and I think the next step that people can come into is, I'm feeling this energy. Don't waste it. Use it as an automatic movement, whether it's a creative movement, where it's it's a birthing energy, bless you, that can that can allow the physical body to move that can allow the emotional body to move that can allow the energetic we can we can travel to dimensions with this we can use the physical body to do something with it start using it so it knows that it has a purpose because more of that will generate more and more because it knows that there's something for it to do here we're not meant to just be aware and see it we're meant to use it does that make sense so much sense. How does one know how to use it in a particular moment, like the right way, if there is one, you know, like if someone is feeling this energy, how can one know, okay, do I stretch? Do I run? Do I travel to another dimension? Like how, how do you like recognize the best usage of it? And though I do something that no one else on this planet has ever thought of, that we couldn't even conceive of at this moment as well. That's the, that's the unique piece of when we drop into, there's a, a book that I love from the sixties. It's called chop wood, carry water. And it's about when you're in, and this is, we call it now like you're in the zone it's such a colloquial term, but it's when you're in that authentic space of you're just carrying water, but what it is, is using this energy to move because it doesn't matter whether I'm chopping wood, whether I'm Beyonce at a concert, whether I'm, and she's really the only person that I know. I don't know a lot of celebrities, <laughs> but, um, or whether I am sitting at the bed of someone dying or whether I'm just cooking something for myself to show love. It is, this is the place where we just drop in to doing, to the mundane aspects because in its mundaneness of this energy, it becomes magical. And that transformation, when we feel that switch, that's what starts to build more and lighten us up. And this is where they see us with this free will. Because when we're just beings, we don't know a difference of making a choice to do something ecstatic. We just do it. But here, it's, the, it's that movement into it. And it doesn't become so much of a choice or of a knowing. It becomes a knowing from being with this energy. Because all of a sudden, when you're sitting with it and you're one with it, it just starts to move itself and move you because you become one with it. Because the question is almost a separate question. How do I know what to do with it? We've separated out me and it. That's where this, how do I know what to do? 
we don't know because we're one. So that question wouldn't even come into it. I love it. Because we've separated. So just recognizing when we do the separation helps Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, okay. I'm not doing anything. No one's doing anything with me. It is uh, the symbiotic. Yeah. Yes. I love it. It's the all encompassing eye. Like Mm. we're all it. Yes. I love it. Yeah. 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 And it's not that we don't need the separation. This isn't to always be one. This is to be able to do this movement that sometimes we're more than one. Sometimes we're small piece of one and it's to be able to keep that consistently going. We just get stuck in parts of it. Yeah. The water is such a great visual representation of this concept. Because like mm-hmm. I think of the water flowing, like you mentioned, if there's a rock in the way, it's still the same body of water and it might separate to go around the rock, mm-hmm. but yet it's still that same body of water. So true. So true. Yeah, it's still one and it's knowing itself as separate now and it's going to come together and bring all that more information back together. And then it becomes even more knowledgeable and more information is going to come out at the end of the spring of that journey that occurred. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so fascinating because like the same elements like that make up the water are in us. So it's like if you can visually understand that concept, you can understand and understand within the self, you know, your capabilities and what we are. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go a little bit into the different dimensions. I know you mentioned like dimension energetics. Can you elaborate on like what that means? Oh, perfect. That's all I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, there's the the mind first puts it into hierarchies and sort of shells of electron orbits, I think, for people. Um, and there is, then we have sort of the vibrational frequency level of it. We can look at it, we look at it that way as well, right? This is a certain Hertz level. This is a certain Hertz level. This is a certain Hertz level. But it is more fluid than that because when we fragment our parts into these different spaces, there's actually connections that are happening where we could be in these different dimensions, and it's the only word that we have for it, I think, right now, with all of our fragmentary pieces, and none is higher or less, and there's no hierarchy with it. They are just different understandings of that part of ourselves. So, for example, when we know uh, gurus, things like that, right, right? I always think of Rudolf Steiner because I think right now there's a lot of fragmentation of his being that's popping up lately. But when we move out of his body, our energy can fragment. We can bring that back into this plane so that people can use these fragmentary pieces. That's how we know everything. That's how everything is present. There are no like quote unquote new ideas because fragments of everything are surrounding us all the time. So that's the different dimensions is that where do we connect different parts of our fragmented being into those fragments of information and then how do they all connect? So that's what an 
you can ask more questions on that. That's what I see as dimensional energetics is allowing our fragmentary pieces to be able to connect with what's present in each of these other quote unquote realms. It's, and it's not something we can fully understand until we're defragmented, until we're not in this vessel fully. Because when we do that, then we understand that we're, then we truly understand that we are everything and nothing and one, which is what the dimensions are. It allows us to understand that we are those concepts. Ask any questions if that wasn't clear. <laughs> it was pretty clear because like when I think, um, yeah, like the different dimensions, like I think of different timelines and I always come back to the same thing, like what's happening here, like the past, the future, the present, like it's all one, like everything is all one happening at the same time. And that um, explanation you just gave kind of brought that forward as well. But in a different sense, like I love the fragmented pieces of how like somebody from like who might not be in this physical realm with us, their ideas and concepts are still floating around because of like that fragmentation. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty powerful. Yeah, mm -hmm. I resonate a lot with the fragment, um, just that term as as being used to um, explain this to like us humans, you know, mm -hmm. in a way that's digestible um, because it's like a puzzle, you know, it's just all of these different pieces to the same thing. Mm -hmm. and yeah. The different axes of um, the, the different levels of access to that while here, it's like it helps us um, understand that concept to kind of utilize it in this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although um, it's something that will be like truly um, brought together in wholeness and have a deeper understanding mm -hmm. once we've left this um, plane. Yeah, yeah, beautiful way of explaining it. I think the that's why we have these, you know, this is where you understand ley lines and vortexes on the planet so that we can sort of connect into a place where we can easily move into these different fragmentary locales. It allows us to easily do that on this planet. Um, and being able to sort of repurpose and refragment into after we've gone to those places, creating our new sort of matrix in this body every time we do that allows new formations of nervous system tracks. So the easiest way to think about this is that um, right now we talk a lot about um, the nervous system. So basically, once a nerve is severed, it can regrow a new nerve from a basic science perspective. We know this neuroplasticity. So what's happening so it takes information it takes a while for that actual nerve to continue to grow so it's a pathway we also do this even when we don't sever a nerve like when i don't cut off an arm or a leg we also do this when we're creating new neural pathways of thoughts of new patterns so those neural pathways are being created the same thing happens when we energetically fragment the pieces of ourselves and then gain whatever information, travel, gather that information. And then when we bring it back, 
then how we integrate it into this physical vessel is through the nervous system and the brain because it builds a new energetic pathway of a nerve that will inform the brain, although it does it much quicker than being able to regrow it from an amputation. This is basically what we're doing. We're, we're creating a new pathway along the line of the nervous system when we refragment. Does that make sense? Yes. It's, it's a really grand concept though to like digest in a, a quick moment. It's something mm -hmm. that I feel like you have to sit with and really like keep like analyzing it almost, but like not analyzing, like, I don't know. I just feel like I have to continue like visualizing it in my head so that I can mm -hmm. receive mm -hmm. it, like the meaning of it. Mm -hmm. I want to ask to see if, like, if it's similar to the concept of um, reprogramming the nervous system and our response through the nervous system through things that may have um, invoke a trauma response that no longer do, like mm -hmm. as we become um, greater aware of a certain scenario. Mm -hmm. um, that's similar to that? Like, is that a way to explain that? Yes, yeah, so that is neuroplasticity in terms of in terms of uh, working with emotional responses. Absolutely. Yeah. And so now if we take that same idea into our when we fragment the pieces, gain more information in these different dimensions, we then refragment them into that same new neural responses, which actually, I mean, physically in our body have to happen through all of our senses. It's the, our senses are the only things that gather information, even though the senses don't know, doesn't know what the information means. And me, this is where we understand its meaning frontal lobe, everything that is in our understanding of consciousness versus the mammalian and the reptilian part of the brain. So when we're, gathering this new information, which is why it's important to start to somatically feel. So people who have done this somatic work understand the physical body. So the what we just did, um, that allowed us to integrate and to create a new neural pathway with something that was energetic from a different dimension. I feel, okay, I, I'm following. Okay, good. Yeah. Can you just define what is somatic work? Because I do hear that word um, just buzzing around, but I would love to hear like what that means for you. Soma just means body. It just means how do I understand a feeling in my body? So right now, when I drop into the physical body, I feel that there is a slight bit of tension on the left side of my face. And so I'm starting to understand, does that feel cold? Does that feel warm? I can start to describe these with characteristics and textures and possibly emotions. Because once we start to describe how things feel like, okay, I get into a situation, my heart starts to race. So something 
out something is energetically and emotionally creating a physiological response in my body. And once I can start to see, oh, because you know what, that person, that visual, that person reminds me of someone that I uh, had a really bad experience with. So my physical body is creating these reactions, physiology, to something that is an emotion that was an experience that was programmed in my mind. So my brain's like, wait, emotion, not good person. Send out the heartbeat, not good, run away. That's one of the trauma responses. So when we look into somatics, we start slowing down that. So you don't all of a sudden get super triggered and super angry at some person who had nothing to do with this experience I had 30 years ago. But my body and my emotions have gone there. So if I start to slow that down because I can start to feel, wow, when I saw that person, my heart started to beat. Okay, all right, is my, how's my breathing? Am I like, oh yeah, my, I'm getting a little bit dry in the mouth. I'm starting to sweat. I'm feeling like we have physiological experiences. So when we slow it down, we start to feel like, oh, that's not happening now. I actually don't have to have this response. And these happen really quickly, especially when we're in relationships, when we're going through old patterns. Like, why did you do that? And it had nothing to do with the person. Like all they were doing was like taking the bag out from the trash, but you have some other coupled experience. So we're slowing it down or decoupling it by feeling physical responses, feeling emotional responses and not reacting to them. Does that answer the question? Yeah. It's like the process of healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love the way you explain these topics. They're so digestible. Like I can really like grasp them. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. And Dayal, I wanted to ask you, um, because I know in the beginning you mentioned being intuitive. Do you use the intuition? And actually, like, what does the intu uh, being intuitive mean for you? Like, I want to start there because I know mm -hmm. it's different meaning for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so I try to explain, you know, the embodied portal first, because it's not a channeled experience. It's an actual real time experience of the self mm -hmm. uh, where you're understanding it versus me telling you about it. And then the intuitive guidance is really just allowing us a formless container, even though that's an oxymoron, obviously, a formless container to move within where we respond to each other in a way that is connected. That's all intuition is. It's just a, it's just a response to what's truly present. There's no one that doesn't have it. I mean, we're all, we all have this sense of who I am, where I am in my surroundings, what's really happening when we slow it down and when we listen without reacting and when we respond from the place of neutrality. And I know it's like, wow, how did I know that? It's like, <laughs> So these people that I that are here right now, she's like, I had this this person. I, I knew that they were gonna have a baby. It's like, I'm very intuitive today. I was like, and in my mind, I didn't say anything, but like it's so exciting for people. But I think it's so exciting for people because we've been so separated from these places within 
of all everyday knowing. This isn't, this is how we walk when we're in a synergistic relationship with ourselves and the ecosystem. That's what intuition is, this synergistic relationship with ourselves and the ecosystem, because information is constantly transferring. You don't need to do any, I had a mentor like 30 years ago, say like, you don't really need to study that. If you want to, you can, but you can just get in a place where you where you pull the information down. Yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, I really love that you emphasize that everybody has this because especially like nowadays, I come across people who are like, wow, how did you know that? Like, it's so weird. Like you have these magic powers and it's like, no, everybody is capable. There's no special gifts. I mean, like, of course, if you mm -hmm. call it a special gift, yes. But we're all special and unique in our own way. And we all have these abilities if we have that connection with the self. You know, if you're mm -hmm. coming from that place of like calmness, the slow pace, mm -hmm. being in tuned with mm -hmm. what your body. I love like every time you emphasize like the dry mouth, the heart racing, your hands sweating, like how's the physical body showing you something is like, hey, pay attention to something or like mm -hmm. there's something here for you to realize. So yeah. it's, yeah, everybody, like we all are capable of this. Yeah. And those are, you know, obviously those are easy ones. That mm -hmm. are, there are a million little things that the body can feel that I'm not bringing up right now that are, that are like signals. And sometimes they're very, very, very quiet. They're very quiet. These are large signals. Mm -hmm. they've gotten to the place the fact that the body has to give me these large signals like that there was many signals before then that were still and small that when we really do slow down we hear them way before we have to get to this point yes the subtle signs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, and they're different for everyone yeah, and it's really like when you ignore all of these subtle signs or maybe you're not fully aware of them, that's when the larger signs and the more drastic things start arising. That's a disease. That's illness. None of it has to necessarily occur. There is benefit to it. Absolutely. It's not like it's not beneficial for someone to experience what we're calling as, and we call these things things, right? Cancer, autoimmune, we call them things it helps to put them in boxes, but, and they are valuable experiences. There's nothing that saying that we shouldn't, but also realizing that they're not necessarily for everyone and that there are, there are a lot of voices that happen before that point that you can make the choice of not going into that experience. Yes. And that's, I feel like, for me personally, that's something like I'm, I am working through is paying attention to those subtle signs, because it's so easy, like with life, the drastic things that can be happening on the outer world, we lose the focus within the inner world. And it's just bringing us back to that space of like centralness in connection with the self. And even though outside might be chaotic or whatever is happening, like beyond our immediate circle, it's not for us to hyper-focus and then lose that within the self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The power of the choice is a, is a big thing of, human, of being human and humanity. And that's where like our beings are like, 
you guys get to, you, you, there's an actual choice, like they're understanding choice and how that occurs. And it's fascinating for extraterrestrial beings and all of our galactic families to see us making choice, which is why there's no bad or good. There's not like, ah, I chose this. And why did I do that? That didn't, but there's no why, because they're just watching there. It's just different experiments of choosing. We're not one. There's no one better than another. It is just an experience and a choice is, and I know there will be flack, but is choosing to get, choosing to experience cancer any better or worse than choosing to experience a life of luxury and opulence where you're wanting for no money? Like, no, they're just all experiences that we're choosing to bring in and understand so that we can have, so that we can just have this full experience in a physical body that beings don't get to have. Yeah. I resonate deeply with that. It's like how it all unravels is in our favor anyways. So it was just like being with it and just flowing with it and not identifying with it as like our whole life. It's just the moment yeah. experience mm -hmm. and like being grateful for it as it's serving us in ways that we may not even be fully aware of in the moment. Like mm. ease, you know, it's helping us um, get deeper connected to ourselves and being able to recognize the subtle signs, maybe like the reasoning, you know. It could be so it, many yeah, things. Yeah, it could be so many things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just so empowering to remember that and to share that message because it really helps people um, like take ownership for their life, um, know mm -hmm. that it's all happening with reason and there's no like bad or good. Um, and I think mm -hmm. that that can help a lot of people um, move and flow through things more quickly instead of being stagnant to an experience and identifying with it. Yeah, and falling like victim to the experience. Mm -hmm. it, it's that like, oh, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. Mindset. The the two things that I heard clearly was the identification and the serving that you had mentioned in there. That identification and identity, and I think identification, if we take it on its word, is the I'm identifying that, and then when we move into the bringing it into identification as self, that's the piece, is that I can identify that as a pattern. And when I identify that as me, that's where things get a little bit hazy because it's not me. Neither is that experience I chose to have. It's not me. It's not me. The me is still this is still the energetic being. These are solely experiences of service. The whole, the whole uh, Maya, the play of all of this earth is of service to experience. And it is not me. Yeah, it's... <laughs> That's it right there. That's really it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, there's like no need to even yeah. speak on that. Like yeah. that's it right that's there. It. <laughs> it just takes away from it to even like get into it. Yeah. Like, no. You know, it's like yeah. for 
the over explaining of something can take away mm-hmm. from like the truth mm-hmm. simplicity of something mm-hmm. but you when you said that it was like I got the visual of like something so beyond like what my physical body is mm-hmm. like everything it's like almost I can like visually see everything I've associated as me that isn't me mm-hmm. you know like I'm not this yeah. so just like the one observing and like experiencing perceiving it yeah and it reminds me of all the titles that we take on as human beings like our job title our title like within a partnership with a mother mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. things yeah. these diseases that maybe we'll encounter like all these things mm-hmm. and it's like there's no need to say I have xyz or I, I am, am. Mm-hmm. it's like I am that's it you know like I simply mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it ends at the I. It's like, it's like <laughs> I. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's... Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so we ask everyone um, who joins us for a conscious conversation, what is mm-hmm. one takeaway that you would love to leave our listeners with? there's nothing because you have all of it so there's nothing I need to give you there's nothing you need to give me we are experiencing it right now so this moment is if I had to give anything it's just this moment I love that response. That's um, the first time anybody has ever answered in that way. And I really appreciate that because it brings it back to the right now, the right here, the simplicity of it. And I really love it so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Yael. Um, this conversation was so expansive. I really appreciate yeah, it like beyond. so much. And I'm just so grateful to speak to someone who um, like speaks in this way. Like this is your life's work, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just so empowering and impactful and beautiful and reassuring in countless ways. Thank you for having the space to open up and hold this because this is, yeah, this is the service that I am here for. This is how I walk around in the world. So there's, I appreciate everyone who opens up this space for this conscious conversation to flow in this way. So thank you for that. Thank you. So grateful for your presence. Thank you. Uh, One more question. Um, Where can everyone find you um, if you would like to speak on any offerings that you may have? The watermatrix.org or Instagram, the watermatrix. Um, and I do single sessions where we're sort of similar to what we did. I do mentorships where we, if someone really wants to dive in and become more integrated with this work and be able to sort of translate it into their life. Um, I do that. I also am going to be organizing, I think now that every people are feeling more comfortable with traveling, sacred water journeys that are going to be going to different parts of the world. So that will come next year. And yeah, that's what's happening right now. And I'll put more stuff up as things come through 
and there's a response. How I work is very responsive. So it's what's happening, what's coming forward. And then I put it up there. There's no programs. There's no like, here's the steps to this. It's just, okay, here's the response. And it comes through. I look forward to seeing what's to come. Absolutely, me too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure of ours. Thank you, guys. It's many a, blessings yeah. to you, Yael. Have Take care, you guys. Every day. Okay, okay. will do. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Continue flowing in your own space by simply being. If this resonated with you and you feel called, please be sure to follow us, like, and share. Until next time, wherever you go, give yourself space, space to, to flow. flow. <laughs> Peace out, family. family. <laughs>